Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. cowbell it's in the closet i got a fever and the only cure is more cowbell that was a horrible impression (laughs) no comment yeah so thank you for sticking with us through our week off and welcome back here we are quite frankly what else you got to do (laughs) yeah seriously (laughs) so what else uh, we got to do really yes sir that's that's the real question (laughs) Um, after our week off, we're going to be getting back in with this episode entitled, So You Want to Direct? And then the next question would be, why? <laughs> well, we're not really covering the why. Well, actually, we are covering the why. That's one of the first things we're going yeah. to talk about. But That's between you and have... your God, okay? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have talked about directing in the past, of course. You can go back to uh, season one. Episodes 9 to 10, Becoming a Director, and 11 to 12, Starting to Direct. So you'd think we'd cover this already. Yeah, what else do we possibly have to say about this topic? Well, I guess we're going to find out, or this could be a very short episode. If you're lucky. (laughs) So I guess, uh, yeah, the first question is going to be, why? So why would you want to direct? Well, (laughs) Jim doesn't know. Jim has no idea. (laughs) I forgot why, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I started directing about 12, 13 years ago, and Mm -hmm. now I really have to go back to my 12 or 13 years younger self and try and answer that question. And I I mean, I, I guess some of the reasons had to do with, I think at the time I kind of was almost starting to feel like for me, acting was maybe running its course a little bit. I started mm-hmm. to question what other ways could I contribute to theater that might be beyond my skills as an actor or the kinds of roles that I could be believable in. And maybe that was what interested me in directing that. And probably I felt that there might have been some productions I had been involved with where I might have perceived that the direction was a little bit wanting. Yeah. And then you get these ideas in your head about, well, I could do that. And I guess that's what led me down that road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's kind of how it started with me as well. Because it's it's like you look at this and go, well, I could do that. Or, you know, I could do that better or something like that. And you feel like if if you're in control, then, then you can steer the way it goes. But I mean... Of course, as we know, being in charge is not really the same as being in control. I think directors are, you're never really in control. In some cases, it's not too much different from herding cats. I I might be exaggerating a little bit, but. I think that depends on the actors and some certainly are like that. But I mean, most of the time you can like influence how it goes. You can have your overarching vision that you try to kind of fine tune the uh, performances to get into that you've obviously got some control over blocking to a certain extent because you can tell actors 
where to go and where to get off. Um, <laughs> I'll tell them where to go. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's there's no guarantee that they're going to follow your blocking instructions ever. And and again, since we're talking about community theater, you're you're not likely to fire somebody for not following your directions. Yeah, there would have to be, I think, some pretty extreme circumstances leading to outright firing somebody in community theater. Yeah. I mean, we we've kind of touched on that before, but it's it's just not done generally. The logistics do not make it easy to get a replacement. No, no. And the closer you get to opening, the harder it gets. <laughs> uh, believe me, I know this from a little bit of personal experience. Yeah, yeah. And and the other aspect of that too is, you know, as much as we want to try to create as professional production as reasonably possible, given the constraints we have to work with. The bottom line is we're not professionals. We're volunteers. We're doing this as a labor mm-hmm. of love. And realis- realistically, I think you're only going to have so much influence over the yeah. actors. And the actors, everybody involved here will not necessarily be professionals. They may have some professional skills, but we're all just volunteers and kind of doing this for mm-hmm. the sake of it, really. So well, Hopefully for the fun of it. <laughs> I think if you're going into this thinking you're going to have basically that these are your employees and you're going to have to manage them. There's a little bit of a degree of that, but the stakes aren't quite the same. It's just not quite the same. No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, if you're like, it's not like if you're a manager or a boss with employees or anything like that, it's just not going to work out that way. If you're looking for control, you're looking in the wrong place. Uh, If you're looking for say, artistic expression, that kind of thing, that's more along the lines of what you're going to get out of directing. Yeah, you can, as we've talked about many times, you can create a vision of a show, how you how you would envision how, the way you would want the audience to experience the show, which right. could have a very unique spin on it to the extent that the script allows. Uh, it could present things in a, just in a different light, maybe, than prior productions have or maybe just the choice of the show mm. within the context of the theater or the season you could try to do the kind of show that that theater doesn't normally do or that doesn't come up in local productions a lot right yeah just putting your personal stamp on it within the context of what the theater normally does within the context of maybe the theater itself the space you have to work with any of these kinds of mm-hmm. things whatever uh, parameters that you have available to you, you can try to fit that show within and maybe have to be kind of creative about doing that. Yeah, and I think that gives you something more than just acting can give. You can explore a role only so much, but I feel like you're a little more, you can be a little more restricted in that than if you're directing, you can kind of mold and shape the overall production as well as certain performances and things like that, which just, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a wider scope is what it is. Yeah. If you're coming at it from the angle of acting, having acted prior to that and you were to pursue directing in a way you have a lot more freedom in that you can create emotional experiences or emotional moments with characters that maybe you yourself just really could not pull off. Uh, Right. Whether, you know, whether it's just a skill thing, whether it's just a demographic thing 
or just the talents of other people. I think as you had pointed out, it's like as an actor, what? At your disposal. Sorry. That was the, Oh (laughs) Uh, yeah. I think as you had pointed out uh, as an actor, you're, you can only do a certain number of roles you're not going to play something that you're not well suited for, or you shouldn't play something that you're not that well suited for. Whereas a, a director being a director doesn't have that constraint. Right. You can, you know, whatever, if you wanted to quote unquote, say, uh, I'm going to use this kind of cliched phrase, explore your feminine side, but <laughs> there aren't necessarily roles that would give you the opportunity to do that. Right. Whereas as a director. Exactly. Could give you that opportunity. Mm-hmm. In and fact, that, the last show that I should have directed was was an all-woman show, and that just kind of intrigued me to look at these characters and try to get into the heads of all of these female characters, and that's something that, as an actor, I would never be able to do. Right. Well, I mean, I, I shouldn't say never, because you never know what kind of shows are out there, but... It's unlikely. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a different opportunity, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and it goes the other way around, obviously, or it goes into different uh cultures different life uh points in life there there is a little bit more freedom in that regard in that you're kind of painting with the canvas of other actors and trying to make a cohesive whole out of it i guess but you you have a a larger palette to work with to kind of Mm. get your your point i would would think the 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 actors are i think would be the paint yeah, the stage would be the canvas. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of my butchered analogy that I'm <laughs> trying to put forth here, but <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm going very stream of consciousness with this. <laughs> yes. The the other aspect, the other reason you might want to direct might be the teaching aspect because there's uh, a lot of things shared between directing and teaching to a certain extent actors are your students in a way that can be true it's not like you're teaching them how to act i think it's more trying to teach them what your vision is now there are certain actors who who have like less experience where you might be teaching things a little bit more you know teaching them what upstage and downstage means but for the most part you're you're usually dealing with more uh experienced actors but it's still your vision that you're trying to teach them at least that's my way I would look at it. I don't think that's always necessarily the case. I think with community theater being open to volunteers and in many cases open to people of varying degrees of experience, then I think you're right in that the director is kind of sometimes put in the position of being the teacher and really is probably mm-hmm. the best qualified to do that because as we've alluded to or mentioned outright in previous episodes, it's kind of not good form for other actors to be coaching each other. So the right. director is really uniquely qualified to handle that, especially for folks who just simply don't have the same level of experience and, you know, maybe need occasionally maybe need some of the basics to learn some of the basics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is some of that teaching element to it, but I, I also look at it, at least if you're working with more experienced actors, I think I look at it more as, the collaborative effort, not necessarily the student-teacher relationship. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I, I more 
I, I mean, I agree with you in that it's a collaborative sort of thing, and that's something that all directors really do need to keep in mind, particularly with community theater. But at the same time, it is your vision that you're trying to stage. So maybe teacher isn't quite the right analogy, but I think there are certain aspects of that, as you were saying. Yeah, and I think that can be a challenging dynamic to establish because, again, as given the fact that everybody going into this are volunteers, then you do kind of have to establish the boundaries, I think, between mm -hmm. the, the direction, the vision, imparting the vision to the actors, as well as, you know, the actors trusting the director, I guess, and not feeling like they're just getting bossed around and not really understanding what they're doing or why. Right, and which is have, not what you want to do. No, and you always have a little bit of the potential ego clash as well, where, um, yep. you know, occasionally an actor might have a very strong opinion about what their character is doing and why, and you can potentially butt heads, and mm -hmm. you have to, at some point, establish a boundary and kind of decide okay where, where does the buck stop as you've said before yeah who, who has kind of final say exactly so i guess that kind of touches off the the discussion you know answers maybe not answers but gives you some insight as to the question of why but then once you decide on the why and decide that, you know, you do want to direct, well, then you have to start thinking about what kind of show you want to direct and not only what kind of show, but specifically what show. And we did talk about uh, choosing scripts. That was back in season four, episode 62. That was one of our theater therapy sessions from last season. Yeah, most but not all theaters tend to accept submissions from directors on the script that they choose that they would like to do. Sometimes theaters mm -hmm. will have a play reading committee that goes through scripts and vets out scripts and kind of puts it together a season and then seeks out directors to fill the, the uh, slots for directing that slate. Uh, but I'd say yeah. more often than not, it, even in those situations, I think those those cases are still open to having director submissions. And you, I, I suppose there's a good argument to be made that if a director is proactively submitting a show, then it's, I think, something that they have a more personal connection to, that they're more motivated to get involved with, that they want to see on stage. Yeah, a vested interest. So I, I want to say we, we, I really want to say we talked about play selection in, a, in another episode as well so i think we did um you know the th from from the theater's standpoint at least but from the director's standpoint it is like i i think it's beneficial to have a, a director attached to a show because you know they do have a vested interest and to select that i mean you're going to be looking for a show that i i mean that, that it, well it, it speaks to you i guess something that you are reading and as you're reading it, you can see it on stage. At least that's the way I do it when I'm reading scripts. It's like, okay, how would this work on stage? And I, I think that's a certain way of reading it. Yeah, if you can kind of envision how it would play out in your head and it excites you uh, to see that actually happen the way you envision it, then that certainly is a good sign, I would think. 
<laughs> I would think that excitement is a good sign. Well, <laughs> if you're, rather than slogging and going through the motions, if you're actually passionate about it, then mm -hmm. that certainly goes a long way. It makes it easier to just get through the whole directing thing because there, there are times that, you know, as you said, it can kind of become a slog and you don't want to get to that point where you're like, I, why did I agree to do this and that sort of thing. So it's definitely better to find something that you're passionate about and really interested in directing. Ugh, what was I thinking? <laughs> I think everybody has those moments. <laughs> I know I have. <laughs> Yeah, there's other considerations when you're trying to figure out what you want to direct, you know, whether it fits in a particular theater or matches their the, the kinds of shows that they do or the kind of talent that they usually get auditioning. I mean, that varies theater to theater, so it kind of pays to be, if not involved, at least very familiar with the venue that you're choosing to uh, put into direct. Yeah, I, I would say... Probably establishing a good relation, good working relationship with a particular theater before you really kind of try and pin down what you want to direct is probably pretty critical because if you work on several other productions in whatever other capacities and you really get a sense for what could be pulled off of that theater successfully and maybe what's probably not going to work very well then it kind of helps mm -hmm. you fine-tune your sights a little bit, which unfortunately you could have this, oh, I've always wanted to direct X show, but it could just be that within the confines of most community theaters, within the confines of most community theater spaces and budgets and talent pool and whatnot, it just may not be realistic. So by establishing yeah. that relationship, you can kind of maybe get a better sense of, the space can maybe speak to you as far as what it can pull off or what can really be done well there. And that might help guide you a little bit possibly. And it's also, it just pays to be familiar with the membership and the kinds of shows that they do and the way yeah. they structure their season and that sort of thing. Cause I've seen a lot of circumstances where a new director tries to break into a theater and they get all upset because the show that they're submitting isn't getting selected. And, it's not that it's not a good show that they're putting in, but they're putting it in into like a slot that that type of show isn't normally there or they're against more established directors, which can sometimes hurt, which isn't necessarily a good thing because it's good to get new talent in there. But you really have to know, I, I, I mean, I'm going to say you really have to know your audience, but by your audience, I mean the theater and its members. Yeah, the audience is kind of a broader term in this case. But the audience yeah. itself is important because at the end of the day, you kind of have to, I think, find something that's going to play well to that audience. Yes. Uh, for many reasons. One is if you're successful in that, then there's a better chance you'll get to do something again. Mm -hmm. And two is it will benefit the theater as well by yeah. more attendance, theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> and potentially... <laughs> better budgets going to the next seasons, future seasons and whatnot, or or even it's, if it's mm. just, you know, establishing sort of a, a, a stable of working relationships with other actors, other uh, stage managers, producers, um, set designers, uh, all those costumers, yeah. all those roles that will help in the future potentially for, you know, kind of building on that and maybe making mm -hmm. a, I don't want to say a career out of it exactly, but 
Right. But I mean, if you're going to direct multiple shows, you need to have that support system in place. Mm-hmm. You need to have your, your tech crew, your producer, your and all of that stuff. So if you're working with them uh, more frequently, then, yeah, you're going to get to know them. You're going to get you're going to get your, your your people, your crew, literally your crew. <laughs> so I guess, unfortunately, it, it can't be sort of always sort of this you know, pie in the sky idea of, oh, I've always wanted to direct this show, even though it's not really going to work or it's impractical or for whatever other reason, Mm -hmm. you kind of do still have to work within the confines of what will work at that particular theater with whom you've established relationship such that they would actually give you a chance to direct. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, that said, I, I still don't think you should be afraid to try something new because you never know what might break through what might you know you throw something at the wall you never know what might stick i think your odds are not in your favor with that because it's going to be more difficult to get the show approved it might be more difficult to stage it so it's going to be more of a challenge for you but that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't try it i think you may have to and again this will depend on the theater group and how the politics work but you may have to kind of establish a reputation first before you have a little bit more shall i say leeway yeah and influence yeah so from there we move to what it's really like to be in charge well i i like it a little i liken it a little bit to in some cases project managing which i've also done a little bit professionally mm-hmm. at various points in my career but you have to do a lot of planning. <laughs> no, yeah. um, you have to work out schedules. You have to basically fill all the roles and find the right people. You have to go through the audition and the casting process. Uh, there is an awful lot of planning, really, to successfully pull off a theatrical production. And even though it is a collaborative effort where if you get the right people in all those roles to fill, then that'll help you a long way. You won't have to necessarily carry the burden of everything but right you still have to kind of manage that aspect of it and recognize that people are going to be looking to you to you know sort of be that glue i guess that kind of Mm. creates a sort of well-oiled machine as it were at the very least you have to look like you know what you're doing (laughs) or you have to convey that or if you have to act like you know what you're doing well, I think the bottom line is that it's not, I mean, I, I'm saying what's it like to be in charge, but really you're not in charge because, yeah, people are going to come to you with questions. There, there's no doubt about that, that you're going to get asked questions and you may not even have the answers to them, but you are going to be the one that they come to with the questions. And I think that's the, the bottom line is that you, you want it to make you want to make it collaborative. You want to be open to the ideas, but you are the the end you are if they don't know where else to go then they they're gonna go to you yeah you're gonna have to answer the questions but you also need to be receptive to ideas absolutely yeah and you're also going to be the one dealing with all of the potential problems all of the casting difficulties all of the actor difficulties all of the like special effects all of you know you're gonna be the one that's responsible for all of that all of the problems unless you can sufficiently delegate it to people who you trust who will 
be reliable enough and dependable enough and are in sync with you to give you what you want. Mm -hmm. Basically, read your mind. <laughs> yeah. I really do think that that is the key, to find the people who can read your mind and who can really know what you need before you even necessarily ask for it. I will say, though, that it's, in my opinion, should be acceptable for you to say, I don't know. If somebody asks you a question, you legitimately sure. don't know the answer. Sure. I mean, you know, we're, this is, again, community theater. We're not going to have all the answers. We don't know everything. We're still learning, too, even as directors. Right. But here's a question, though. The, this, there's a stereotype that I found with theater that directors are blamed for the failures, but actors are credited for the successes. Do you think that's true? I don't know if I entirely agree with that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in some cases I have certainly seen shows where I felt that some actors were clearly stronger than others. Yeah. And I think just because of the nature, again, of this being a volunteer effort, that you can't necessarily expect that everything is going to go exactly professionally smoothly and that everything will be on even level all the way around. Now, I mm -hmm. think I could maybe say that if you see a show, I, I certainly have seen shows too, where I just felt like even with the relative talent levels of the actors, if it just felt like there was a general lack of commitment to what was happening on stage, then that would be a pretty clear indicator that the directing was not what it should have been. Yeah, I think the director is kind of responsible for that, the gelling of the cast, and that kind of leads to what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, the gelling, the, the, the character, the cast chemistry, the gelling, but also just, you know, giving the, making it clear that the actors on stage have a clear sense of why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Have the conviction to pull off what you're trying to get them to do rather than okay. feeling like they're rather than it just visibly looking like, Oh, well at this point in the scene, the director told me to move over here for some reason. And I don't really know why. And it's kind of clear in my body language that I just did this cause I was told to do it. Yeah. That makes sense. I see what you're saying. I think there are definitely cases where that is pretty obvious in some shows I have seen in the past when those kinds of events come up. Yeah, I, it definitely works better if you have given your actors what they need to live in your vision as opposed to just mechanically going through it. Right. That, I think, can be a clear indicator of, you know, when the directing is not up to snuff or not what it should be. Yeah, yeah. Even, and I think the reverse can be true. I think even if you maybe have actors of mixed experience or levels of talent, you can still... And sometimes you might not even, this is kind of going to be funny, but sometimes you may not even be able to tell that just from the show you're watching. If you've seen certain actors, hypothetically, if you've seen certain actors, maybe you've been a, a regular season ticket holder at that theater and you've seen certain actors in several productions and you kind of get a sense of what they do. And then you see that same actor in one particular production and they seem to be used really effectively. Mm -hmm. then you know that the directing really had a probably a key hand in it. There you go. 
Yeah. Or at least the director was able to maximize that particular actor's talents and skills in a way that maybe doesn't always come across in other productions. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just finding the right role for them that really just gelled for them. And I think those are situations where it, again, it might be hard to tell if, unless you have seen these same actors in lots of different shows to be able to tell, well, how much is the actor and how much is the director's contribution? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess with all of that, the only question remaining at this point is, is it all worth it? It can be, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's the same with everything. I mean, it's, yeah, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's a horrible experience <laughs> that you <laughs> vow never to repeat. <laughs> Until you are a glutton for punishment and go back for more. Exactly. I mean, I guess the bottom line for me is that like even the shows that haven't gone well or haven't gone as well as I would have hoped they had gone, I'm still learning something from them. They're still worth the experience in some way, whether it's, you know, well, I really bonded with certain actors mm -hmm. and they did a great job working with them and I'd love to work with them again. Or, you know, the set that was built was really good. There's always good memories that come from every show. I find even the quote unquote bad ones and you got to learn from your mistakes well yeah especially as you start getting into directing uh, unless you actually have real directing education or background you're still learning too mm -hmm. and if yeah if exactly. there are things that you can learn from that can help improve your next show assuming you want to do a next show then it's still a worthwhile experience absolutely yeah. Whether it's always an enjoyable experience, that can vary by different degrees, I guess. But as long as you get something out of it or learn something from it that you can apply to the next show that you do, then it's certainly worthwhile. Yeah. Agreed. I feel like I have, even in experiences that didn't always go as smoothly as I would have liked, and I've certainly told my stories of not-so-smooth directing experiences, but... Mm -hmm. I think in each and each and every one of those cases, there was something I could pull from that that I could that could potentially make the next experience better, or at least give me more of a sense of knowing what I was doing or knowing what to anticipate. I guess as far as the curve, knowing when. Oh, okay. Well, we're at the point where actors are just getting off book, so I probably can't think too much about really giving a lot of directing input right now. And Hey, this might be a good time to start painting stuff on the set. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, just little things like that. Yep. I guess that about wraps it up. I think that's all about, about all we have to say about, so you want to direct. If you've got any comments or questions or death threats or whatever you got, <laughs> you can contact us by visiting our website backstage.link. And clicking on... Disgruntled actors who would really like to give us a piece of your mind. Yes. <laughs> um, you can contact us by visiting our website, backstage.link, and clicking on Contact the Show. That's right. And, of course, we also have our phone number by which you can leave us a voicemail or text message. And that phone number is 267-225-8869. Again, that number is 267-225-8869. Six, nine. And if you leave us a voice message there, we may feature you on a future episode. And if you have enjoyed this episode or want to hear future episodes, please subscribe if you haven't already. 
leave us a review, tell a friend about us, buy us a billboard, some commercial advertising. Uh, send us a meat tray. Send, um, send us a meat tray. <laughs> cheese platter. <laughs> a case of beer. Holiday, holidays are coming up. Yeah, yes they are. <laughs> and with any luck, we'll be doing our usual Christmas special episode next month. But next week, we should be back with another episode, or we may take a week off. We don't know yet. But next time we are with you, it should be uh, an episode entitled, Must the Show Go On? And Ooh. until then, hey, and hmm? speaking of sorry, speaking yep. of the holidays coming up, should we ever talk about our merchandise? We don't often talk about our merchandise, but we don't. But you could go to backstage.link and you can click on what is it? Store stuff products. <laughs> I don't even know what it is anymore. One of those. Yeah, you'll figure it out. But we do have a store if you'd like to get a backstage show T-shirt or or some other stuff on there. I don't know what. <laughs> But it's all on backstage.list. That's right. So uh, until then. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, it is. But until then, until when, I don't know. But until then, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And thank you once again for joining us backstage. Hasta la vista. Baby. I think lately it's worked out very well with the audio you've been sending me that it syncs up very close. Once I get it lined up in one spot, it pretty much stays that uh -huh. way. Ooh, oh, whoa, look at that. Ghost hand. Yeah. So you want to direct, I guess? No. It's the... It's the... <laughs> Are you timing this? Hi, I'm... Go Sorry. No, but we're starting around... That's why I pointed out that we were starting around five and a half minutes now. Okay. <laughs> so uh, with this epitode? Ep epitode. <laughs> Shout out to Erin, my wife. She likes to say that a lot. Wait. Epitodes. <laughs> and I think you froze up. Sorry. <sighs> Nothing I can do about it. I mean, I'm still moving according to my thing, so. What is happening? Can't, you can't hear me at all, or you just can't see me? That will, you know, help for... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, are you done now? Because I've tried to start this three times. Sorry, I can't see you. <laughs> okay, whatever you said, I didn't hear any of that. That now the bottom. Go ahead. Leads to what you're talking about. Could you say that again? Sorry, I lost you. I think the director is kind of responsible for the gelling of the cast, and I think that leads to what you're talking about. The, the what of the cast? Nothing. Sorry, the what of the cast? The gelling. Yeah. Until then, until until when, I don't know, but until then, uh, you can uh, find a bit. <laughs> <laughs> The gelling. Get the hook.